Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I have to admit something, guys. Maybe it's just because the Chiefs actually pulled that game off, but I think that I could argue it was actually kind of nice to have a Chiefs football game that wasn't over by halftime. It was sort of a strange sensation in 2019, uh, but also I, I do feel like I'd probably need to go uh, check with my doctor about upping my blood pressure medication. Welcome to Time Zars here on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe. With Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor. Guys, uh, are we feeling okay? Did anyone sprout a gray hair? Is anyone going to, to need an extra nap after this? What is the state, uh, both mentally and physically, of, of uh, your being at this point? <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt great in the second half. I, I, I know that there were some of our uh, listeners and maybe subscribers that didn't feel the same way, but I, I think I tweeted. And maybe hosts. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted in like the third quarter. I was like, this is fun, guys. Like, <laughs> back and <laughs> forth, <laughs> wackiness. I don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, he, you know, anybody could fumble at this point. No, I, I, I really enjoyed the game. The, the crowd... The crowd inside Ford Field was awesome. Like, I just wasn't necessarily... You know, because we don't play Detroit a ton, like, I wasn't sure how much... Uh, how much the crowd was going to be involved, but man, it was a sellout crowd. It was a lot of Chiefs fans in the building. It was it was a great atmosphere, and yeah, you know, foot, like winning NFL games is not um is not always easy. So it was it was interesting to you know in the fourth game kind of get an idea of like okay, like hey, this is NFL football where like you gotta make a play uh to win the game or you need a game winning drive. So I I just thought it was I thought it was a great game. Seth, I bet you were super chill about it. I would have taken up smoking again, but someone tattled on me to Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter to my wife. I actually, so I say as the second half goes around, I was like, I legit have not smoked in like, it's been like 12 years. Cause let's face it. It's a, it's not a great habit. It's expensive and gross and it kills you. But yeah, I got to tell you, other than that. that second half, yeah, other than that, but in that second half, I was just like, oh, I need something. So I made a joke about that and someone replied. They didn't even say anything to me. They just put at Mrs. Minnesota Chiefs fan. <laughs> they just tattled on me. <laughs> so my wife's like, what's that about? I'm like, I'm, I was a joke. And so, so I'm in my basement now. And so yeah, that, that, that game had some personal repercussions for me. <laughs> Well, listen, I it had some repercussions for a lot of people, I imagine. It it didn't have repercussions for the Chiefs because they're 4-0 uh, after what can only be described as now and forevermore, the game that almost made Seth pick up smoking again. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we completely dive in, uh, it was Fumble Bowl 2K19, but now it's the game that nearly made Seth pick up smoking. Uh, before we completely get into it here, I want to let everybody know that if you're listening to this episode through your favorite podcasting platform, go leave us a review because the reviews have been super nice. But also make sure you subscribe to The Athletic because we also have episodes every Friday. All three of us are doing the exact same thing, previewing the game coming up that weekend. So uh, if you're subscribed to The Athletic, you can also get those Friday episodes and not just these Monday ones uh, that we are we're giving out as freebies. So, uh, all right, we can start on the offensive side because that's the side that has Pat Patrick Mahomes on it. Uh, you guys already both have articles up on The Athletic right now that people can go check out to see where you focused. I felt really good about Nate and, and Seth, you guys starting in kind of different directions. So, Nate, you can have the first word on the offensive side of the ball. I I will have the lasting image of this game be everything from fourth and eight on with so many possible choices. But you were looking at that last drive, and as it was happening, you were seeing what? 
Yeah, and it's it's exactly basically, you know, sometimes you, you don't want to complicate stories or you're like you go down to the locker room and you're like, "Okay, what is this what is this really about? What what did this game really show or prove us?" And um as I was going down the elevator, I was just like, "It's just the fourth, it's just the last drive. It's just the drive mm-hmm. to keep them undefeated, to keep them unbeaten, to sort of rally a defense that played its, you know, played pretty well given all the circumstances in the third quarter." Um, and what I saw and what I wrote about in the athletic is just the idea that Patrick Mahomes did nothing necessarily spectacular. He was just very good when absolutely necessary. And if you look at that final drive and I went back and rewatched every play from it, he used every teammate available to him. He completed five, you know, he completed passes to five different teammates. Uh, his last pass being Byron Prinkle, which by the way, his second career reception oh. where he got hit uh, incredibly hard by three straight Lions uh, and somehow didn't fumble yes. the ball on a day when everyone yes. was fumbling. Uh, you know, yes. there's there's Darrell Williams who caught the first pass of the drive that got them in, you know, a first down that got them sort of in motion and got them moving. And obviously he ends the drive with a touchdown where, you know, as I wrote, Austin Ryder is sort of pushing Darrell Williams into the end zone and the man pushing Austin Ryder behind him is Patrick Mahomes. We got we just got to get in, fellas. Um I just thought it was a, a an interesting drive because they didn't necessarily have to be spectacular. We, you know, we've gotten so accustomed to seeing this team just air it out 30, 40, 50 yards and complete it. Uh, that didn't happen yesterday. Patrick Mahomes was, I think, 0 of 9 I, I, is the stat, I believe, where he was on deep passes at, you know, 25 yards or more. He was, he was not very good or the timing was just off. And the Detroit Lions, as Seth mentioned in his preview story, did a really good job of playing man-to-man coverage. That is pretty tight and forces you to make really good throws. So I just thought Patrick Mahomes took what the defense gave him. Uh, Travis Kelsey played, I think, one of his best games, if not the best game of the season, uh, and sort of helping his quarterback when he was in trouble. And then it it comes down to, like, having trust. And this is where it sort of reveals itself, where you haven't played your best game. You're on the road. The opponent, you know, has really schemed it up well to to make you – play left-handed almost, and you have trust between yourself and your teammates to sort of get you guys across the finish line. It was it was impressive given um, just how well the Lions played because I felt like the Lions played about their A-minus, B-plus game, and I feel like the Chiefs played somewhere between the C-plus and maybe B-minus to some degree. Seth, we've we've heard already a thousand times since you know throughout the game and then since it about the the Chiefs' offense being out of sync, about being a little bit off, where the timing was a little wonky. Do you buy that that there was something that was a little bit out of sync there? And if if you do, what was going on there in your eyes? You know, it's tough to say without the all twenty-two, but you don't see Mahomes miss that many throws. Um, you know, usually it happens because he takes more deep shots than most quarterbacks. You're going to see a few more inaccurate throws because those throws are harder to make. You know, it just kind of stands to reason. It's harder to hit a 30 yard pass than a five yard pass, but they did look like their timing was off. And honestly, even if I wasn't going to base it on anything else, if the only thing I watched was Patrick Mahomes body language after plays, this was the first time that, uh, he was, he was a little bit testy out there. Like he was annoyed. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, yeah. you know, you know, Nate, that, that piece you wrote was so great, you know, talking about how he was kind of picking guys up at the end. During the game, it was the first time I've seen him like to where he looked visibly annoyed with his teammates. Whereas just like, bro, where are you going? Like yes. 
And, and it happened multiple times. It happened with Robinson. It happened with Hardman in particular. I think it even happened with Watkins, which is a little more rare. Never happened with Kelsey because Kelsey is the best tight end in the game. And I, he, he's just It's not even a question. Yeah, he's, he's just unbelievable, which I know we'll get to that. Like, just his – he's awesome. But I, you see that annoyance and the missed shots. But honestly, it might not matter if – they don't fumble away three possessions. Because imagine everything else yeah. in the game goes exactly the same, right? But mm-hmm, instead, mm-hmm. on just even one of those three possessions, I mean, they were driving. You know, well, not the one, because, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was special teams. But a lot of these, I mean, they, they they were completing passes still. They were moving the ball. Let's say they get 10 points on those other three possessions. Well, now the offense has put up 37 you know what I mean? And yep. so they still were yep. moving and scoring. So I think it got a little exaggerated because you start noticing these things when really bad stuff happens. And that's, I mean, they put up 27 on a day that they fumbled the ball three times. You know, that's crazy. I, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the Kelsey thing because if we dig in there a little bit more, like there were a couple of moments and, and at least once it's playing on the broadcast. I was like, yeah, pretty sure Kelsey just stopped his route there because he knew he was about to run into traffic and Mahomes knew he was going to do that. So that's a first down or whatever. Like the, the amount of stuff where like Mahomes and Kelsey seem to be changing things in the moment and staying on the same page as they're changing things. <laughs> it seems like that chemistry is is palpable. But there was at least that one kind of crosser from Hardman where he just had the slightest like ice skating step in in the route where it felt like if he would have put his other foot down another second sooner and taken one more step on that route, maybe the ball hits him in the hands. Demarcus Robinson in a couple of instances also. Yep. So, Nate, from the, the timing issue, and I love the idea of just watching Patrick Mahomes' body language and him after the snap, you'll know something is wrong there. Were the Lions were the Lions creating that? Were there some unforced errors there? Was it some of both? What's your best read into that? Yeah, so so let's go through what the Lions did based on you know uh, based on what I saw yesterday in, in the press box. And it's weird, like you know, Seth mentions like yes, you get way more information if you watch the all twenty two. It's it's particularly hard when you're in the press box, and sometimes I like to focus on like one guy before the snap, like oh, I'm just gonna watch Demarcus right. Robinson, and then the ball will lead my eyes to wherever I need to go, but. Right. One thing I noticed from the the Lions was not only they were using double teams in a way that I don't think anybody had used all season, where hmm. Travis Kelsey in the second half just got bludgeoned by two like mm-hmm. by, by two defenders on almost any passing snap. So if you look at the play where Mahomes finds Kelsey for the first down on the last drive, um, the Lions cover everybody. It's one of those cases where they send eight back. They have everybody cover. Everyone's playing good to tight. Uh, man-to-man with two safeties behind him to control the deep shots. And there are two men that just hit Travis Kelsey off his line. And so Travis basically has to go into, like, I don't know, backyard football, like you guys were mentioning earlier, and Patrick just yeah. was able to buy enough time to find him. So the the Lions did that. They had they never really played that much single-high safety, which I think the Chiefs have seen the majority of this season. And if you play press behind single-man high, there's just a lot of windows that Mahomes can throw the ball into with two safeties not playing deep but playing more closer to the conventional sort of 15 to 18 yards off and having tight coverage that makes the ability to complete deep passes really really hard for someone of Patrick Mahomes' arm talent so that's and I just looked this up on next gen stats it's true that that Patrick was 0 of 9 on any passes that were 20 yards or more past the line of scrimmage which is incredible considering that he was like one of the best quarterbacks this season on deep shots 20 yards or more um, and I would say this too, like 
even when Mahomes scrambled, there was always a second defender kind of waiting on him. So unless mm-hmm. they had everyone covered or unless they blitzed, he really didn't have much running lanes. But I think this goes back to the idea that in your third season with Andy Reid's play calling, as the game goes along, and I even put this quote out from Kelsey, they started to figure out what the Lions were doing, even as it was different from what the Raiders, Ravens, and obviously Jaguars had done previously. And so when you when you drop eight back, it is upon the quarterback's responsibility to get those 15 yards if they're available to you on fourth and eight, and then still find the open lanes to throw quicker, shorter throws and hope that your teammates can get out of the bounds like Kelsey did and Darrell uh, Williams, excuse me, on that last drive. So there's a lot of things that the Lions did. Uh, I, I don't feel like they blitzed a ton. They just played really, really good man-to-man coverage and forced both the receiver and the quarterback to, to make the connection as hard as possible. Very grabby. Is that is that repeatable in either of those elements, Seth? Is that type of physicality and, and that scheming, is that something other teams are going to look at? Because this was without Darius Slay. This was right. like a banged-up secondary. Right. Like, this wasn't this wasn't the most talented defense they faced this year. No, it, it, it's not. And I think it's what teams are going to try to do, especially until Hill is back. This game, and I know Watkins got a little dinged up. I'm not sure when it happened. But he, even before that, unless it was throughout the game that he was dinged up, he was relatively quiet. And I got to say, you know, that uh, Watkins, aside from one really big catch and then a couple others that were more scheme-based in the AFC Championship, he struggled to be the guy to get loose against super aggressive, physical, grabbing, tugging, pulling, pushing, all that stuff. The Lions really adopted that. So the Raiders tried to do some similar stuff to what the Patriots did, you know, trying to play like aggressive man and, you know, trying to get pressure up front and confuse looks. The The Lions didn't try to confuse looks in terms of pressure. They just, like, like Nate said, eight guys in coverage, at the very least seven guys in coverage, and they're just hassling and hitting and pushing and tugging and pulling. And, you know, if the refs aren't going to call it, that right. makes for a long day for a, a team that's predicated on speed. And so other teams would be silly to not at least try it. It's kind of, and then, you know, just see what happens. So remember last year when the, the Chiefs and Rams played, really early on the Chiefs got called for like three holds or illegal contacts and that kind of thing. And you could mm. almost see the game alter a bit. When you, it's just going to depend on that. And so if other teams, I'm sure, are going to try it, it's just going to depend on how it gets called. The Chiefs, other than Hill and Kelsey, they they haven't shown the ability to really shake off that 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 aggressive grabbing, pulling. you got to be willing to just chuck guys. And Watkins did some of that earlier in the year against the Jags, so we'll see right. if he does it again. You know, again, he, if he's a little nicked up, that's fine. That's going to be problematic for him because, you know, getting nicked up the second year in a row, that's going to be rough. So... I think it is repeatable, and I think teams will try it. I think it becomes a lot less feasible when Tyreek Hill is back on the field, though. Um, we're we're in a weird place specifically with Patrick Mahomes, and I want to just zoom in to try to make this as bite-sized as possible when I know that the actual truth of it isn't. But he pulls off the drive that nobody else in Chiefs uniform ever pulls off, but he doesn't throw a touchdown pass all day for a lot of the reasons I think we've summarized that are largely, again, not from his performance but they put up 34 points and and they get into the red zone a few times and, and are able to convert on the ground. If I was going to try to force you to give Mahomes a letter grade for his performance yesterday, what would it be? How how confident do you feel giving a a percentage like that 
and you can either do it, I guess, on a Mahomes scale or on a normal <laughs> NFL quarterback scale, because I know that those are different things. Right? Yeah, I, I would say on a on a Mahomes scale, and I, I think he, you know, he is the reigning MVP, so you expect a certain standard to be met. I, I would still give him a B, even perhaps a B plus, just because when you absolutely needed to get a touchdown, he got you a touchdown. So it's it's odd that he didn't hit the the deep shots, right? That we've just really seen all year long. And even throughout much of last year, although I will say this, his offensive line needs to get a lot of credit. Um, the Lions did not blitz a ton, but they still have a, a sizable, you know, a f- defensive front in Trey Flowers. Um, you know, I, I think there's a chance for the the Chiefs offensive line to get better as the season progresses. This sort of proves it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was not sacked. He scrambled when necessary. Um, he did just about everything you can ask despite not throwing a touchdowns pass and despite his teammates fumbling the ball four times and losing to three. Um, I, I think, you know, there were drives where they could have extended their lead in the second half that they didn't. Um, and so that's a little bit of why I would give him a B because there were opportunities for them to, I think they were up four in the third quarter, maybe early fourth where they could have gone down the field, scored a touchdown and created some real distance and put the game um, more out of reach. Instead, you know, they go three and out, they punt to the Lions. I think the Lions go down and score, and obviously that sort of sets up what we see at the end. Um, he still played really well, uh, despite the fact that he just didn't have, you know, I saw, I know fans on Twitter were like, he doesn't look right to me. And I understand that sort of feeling because he was in a dome, it's a controlled setting, like he should just be lasering these these passes but for whatever reason, the the Lions get some credit because they were just able to get him to think differently, or to not get not get what he initially wanted on each, on each snap. So I I just think it's a B for me with the understanding that he still passed the test, but it just wasn't what we're used to when it's like oh my god, three hundred yards or more and three or two touchdowns. I mean his fourteen game streak of two touchdowns or more got snapped, um, and so I think a lot of that goes to show you that he can win in different ways. Seth, report card? I don't know. I don't know. Are you going down the toast? Are you are you going down the entire bubble the the bubble you know chart when when you fill it in fill in your answers you're just going down you're just like oh, right now yeah the scantron you like yeah it's probably it's probably C it's always C um I I. <laughs> You know, obviously he gets a lot of credit for that last drive, which automatically, I think, I don't think when you lead a a two-minute drill comeback win touchdown drive, I don't think it's allowed to give you outside of a B. But it'll be a B-. minus. He did miss some throws that he normally makes, and that's... You know, pretty simple. But again, you know, had his teammates not fumbled the ball away like it was going out of style, you know, he would have had a touchdown to, <laughs> to Sammy Watkins. You know, well, no, because they had a penalty there. But it's just, yes. I don't mm-hmm. know. So it's tough overall. But I guess I would say based on what we compare, how he normally is, it'd be a B minus. A normal quarterback, I mean, like if Alex Smith had just played that game, We'd be talking about, man, you know, he didn't turn the ball over once. He let a comeback drive. He threw for 300 yards. It'd be like an A. So, and I like Alex Smith. So, I I mean, for him, if it's on the curve, the Mahomes curve, it's a B minus. If it's on regular quarterback curve, it's an A minus. 
I'm okay with all of that. That all that seems reasonable. It was like a killer game manager game, but I don't like saying those words about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it was it was like however many drives they had. It was like it was like ten game manager drives and then a Mahomes drive, and and that you know I'll take it. All right, I'll, all things considered, I'll take it. Um, I want to talk about the defense and also the special teams, but on the offensive side, we haven't talked about the run game yet. Um, and so I listen. I think that if you've listened to this show multiple times, you probably know our general bias whenever it comes to discussing running the football in 2019. <laughs> Only but do it I'm when gonna, it's necessary. Yeah, like, like I did not complain one one bit. If you're if you are on the one yard line and you want to run it 97 consecutive times or whatever, Absolutely. as long as it works eventually, I'm gonna go ahead and let the results win on that one. That's okay. I'll 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 let down my you know analytical shield for a moment because you are doing the most high percentage play. But um, including those runs, which I know changes your yards per attempt a little bit, because some of those attempts you only needed <laughs> one or two yards. But the it's a lot the, of there caveats, was some weird Josh. stuff going on. Oh, it is because I hated I hated every damn time I saw them hand the ball off on first and ten, or God forbid, second and ten. I I had a brain aneurysm. The, the Chiefs' longest running play of the day was longer than their longest passing play, which is a weird thing to say out loud. But mm-hmm. outside of LaShawn McCoy's 39-yard run, they averaged 3.36 yards per rushing attempt. Even with that 39-yarder, the running back, so not including Mahomes' scrambles, mm-hmm. ran for 3.63 yards per attempt, which is 19 carries for 69 yards and not that nice. So whenever you whenever you look at the day the running backs had, and I know that I could go 15 levels deeper and subtract a big play and Mahomes, or I could include all these things, or we could uh, subtract the short runs for touchdowns. We can do all of those caveats if you'd like. But for me, the number of times that I saw them handing the ball off on first and 10, and even a couple of times, I believe, on second and 10, it left me deeply frustrated because it wasn't working with the exception of of one play with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, somebody talk me off the ledge. <laughs> the the only the only thing I can say that t- that can talk you off the ledge is like um they did get the touchdowns and that's all that yes. really matters. Yes. And and I will say this, I, I wrote I put this on Twitter, but you know, we've seen it in times where they get inside the five yard line and Andy's like, oh, oh look look here, fellas. <laughs> look over here. Look what I got yeah. for you. Whereas yeah. yesterday and I don't know if it was given the opponent or just like a mentality that he wants to put on the offensive line to say, hey, you need to move bodies and, and get mm-hmm. these, you know, these yards. He didn't get cute. Andy Reid was not was not cute yesterday. He was very much like old school. OK, we've got it down this far. Um, we don't need to you know, pass the ball. Let's just hand it off and, and get the yards. And so thankfully, if you're a Chiefs fan, they got him. And outside of LaShawn McCoy's vision, and I will say this. One positive for the the consistent running game over four weeks is that LaShawn McCoy has broken a a run at least once Mm -hmm. in every game. Mm -hmm. And that is impressive just because you need to keep the defense slightly honest to some degree. Not not the way we used to think of in like the 1990s where it's like, hey, you got to run the ball and pass the ball on equal amount of snaps so that the linebackers don't know what's going to hit them. But they do need to run the ball to some degree just to to get the offensive line – to be able to use their bodies for screens or to use their their ability to um, keep the defensive line honest, but man, those the Lions were all over the, the the Chiefs in the middle of the field outside of Lashawn McCoy's one run, Josh, and this sort of proves that with Andy Reid outside of that one run from Lashawn McCoy, you kind of need Damian Williams back, and you kind of need to know 
who has a hot hand today because it 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 I don't think it's clear that we found a number one you know top flight running back to to take the majority of the snaps. I do I think it's smart for Andy Reid to sort of split the carries a little bit evenly uh, on Sunday. So Lashawn McCoy had eleven carries for fifty six yards. Darrell Williams had eight attempts for thirty. Or excuse me, eight attempts for thirteen yards. Although he did score <laughs> twice. Uh, but he's mostly used as short yardage guy and guy right, that yeah. likes... Right, yeah. Literally, at least half that, of those carries, maybe more, his goal was to get a yard. Uh, right. And right. so he's he's been used as short yardage and, like, change of pace if LaShawn, you know, starts to get winded. But I, I do feel like they probably need Damian Williams in the next week or two uh, just to give them another body with the understanding that, like, Andy Reid's got to find out what running back works well for the offensive line and the opponent this week moving forward. So, like, I, I am completely cool with Darrell Williams' game because, again, like, he, he may have had three or four unsuccessful carries and then four or five that were at least very close to doing the job he was asked to do. Just on LaShawn McCoy, because, again, people are going to say, well, but he, he got the 39-yard run, and I'm not trying to subtract that from his game, but whenever you, whenever you say, okay, he breaks the one for 39, Outside of that, it was 10 for 17. I don't even right. need to type that into the Chrome URL bar to find that that's 1.7 <laughs> yards to carry. And right. those are happening on first and 10. And, and those are happening on their own side of the field or at midfield or whatever. And so you have to decide statistically, is it worth 1.7, 1.7, or, you know, 2, 2, 2, 1, 2, 2, 2, 1, 39. One. And, and I just think the number of times that that ends up setting up this offense in a bad spot, I, I think that all works together. Seth, tell me about how great the running game actually was, and I'm just a big dumb idiot who missed something. Well, as much as I love telling you you're a big <laughs> dumb idiot who misses things, Josh, uh, the, the, the run game, first and 10... I don't know why you're running the ball. Now, outside of an RPO Ever. or an obviously empty box, it, with sure. this particular team. Now, other people can argue with the analytics crowd about whether that's the right thing to do if you're like the Vikings or, or, or some other team. Hey, shout out to my dad who listens and is a Vikings fan, and I'm very sorry, Dad. You can be a Chiefs fan now. Anyway, so <laughs> you, you can come over. If your quarterback is currently just, Kirk yeah, Cousins, yeah. come on. Yeah, I think we as a people can agree that all Vikings fans are welcome to join the Chiefs bandwagon, but that's a side note. Uh it just doesn't make sense for the Chiefs. Even on a day when Mahomes is off, the passing game is still far more effective than the run game. Now, McCoy had a few goal line and short yardage carries as well that really dropped his average. And that's, I mean, when you really think about how, you know, a couple of those goal line carries went and a couple of those short yardage things went, it really was, I mean, that you can see that. There's like seven or eight carries, like you said, you know, not just with Williams, a few with McCoy, where it's just like, you got to get a yard. Oh, we got six inches. All right, we got to get another yard. Here. <laughs> you know, it was whatever. And that's that, hey, you just run it. Just yeah. run it, run it, run it. When it's, when it's first and goal from the one, just run the ball four times. You're going to get in there unless you lose like four yards on one play. Um, the run blocking hasn't been great. And that just is what it is. McCoy, I don't think, is 100%. I know he right. practiced full last week. Mm-hmm. But they clearly, I mean, he he didn't play at all, like, in the fourth quarter that I saw. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was Williams he was, out there. Yeah, he was not on the field for the last drive, which was interesting. Yeah, because he's clearly, and Williams has done what is necessary. He, I think Williams is a guy who deserves snaps on a team, but he's clearly not as explosive as McCoy or, or Damian Williams or Darwin Thompson. He is not a guy who's going to get that extra oomph, especially in the passing game. And so McCoy is clearly still kind of rounding into shape or whatever it is they've got going on there. Maybe the ankle's still hobbling him a little bit. McCoy's a tough dude. Like, he'll play through stuff. 
So I think once McCoy is 100% healthy, I think he's the guy. But until then, I, I think Nate's right. I mean, they need Damian Williams back. And that's the funny thing, just on a side note, when you think about this game, Damian Williams is an important part of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he helps them get mismatches outside. He does a lot of important things. Eric Fisher is an important part of the offense. Tyreek Hill is, besides Mahomes and Kelsey, the most important part of the offense. They're still missing all three of those guys. And so it's kind of like, oh, why does the offense look a little off? It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, right. you know, they still they still scored 27. I mean, right. that's crazy. They, they didn't even average, I don't think, 27 in 2017, like the best offensive year under Alex Smith. I don't think they averaged 27, did they? I will I, find that out because that's that a up. very – that's a mean-spirited good question. I'll look it up because I do want you guys to talk about the defense uh, while I well, – well, do you have the well, answer already? Well, hold – no, no, no. I don't have the answer, but I, okay. I, I do have this. I just looked this up. There were two instances where the Chiefs ran the ball, I would say, successfully outside of LaShawn McCoy's long run. Uh, the first one came late in the first quarter on a first and 10, Josh, where they handed the ball to Darrell Williams. He got eight rushing yards. Uh, which yeah. was converted on the next snap uh, for a first down because Detroit had too many men in the huddle. In uh, the second instance where it worked, again, on first down, um, I believe this is uh, – my computer's great. It was in the second quarter. Uh, Darrell Williams got five yards on first down, which was then uh, converted on a pass from Patrick Mahomes. So there were two times where they ran the ball on first down. Um, Grinding it, it out. Where they had success. Uh, outside of that, I looked up. It was a lot of no yards, minus one, and one yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just went to the opening drive again just because I was like, I'm like oh, hold on. Am I going to have to fight with Nate right now? And I feel like, <laughs> I, I like I'm going to have to let this go. Um, but here's here's what happened on the first oh, drive. Oh, I, I have the first drive so right in front of me. Yes, go the ahead. First, the, first, the first three plays go McCoy running left, reverses field, holding the ball like a sub sandwich, reverses field, <laughs> loss of one. Then second and 11, Mahomes to Kelsey, eight yards, Kelsey yards after the catch for 12 in the first down. And then Dion Yelder for 24. Like, Dion Yelder had a more successful day than any of the running backs on one drive. Like, he was two for 43. Dion Yelder averaged 21 and a half yards per target. You, you may have a point. I may have a problem is what I may have. Uh, Let's talk about the defense while I try to verify Seth's mean stat. Um, Seth, you wrote in your piece up on the athletic, starting kind of on the defensive side. You you mirror it to both sides of the ball, but I think we're probably good offensively. The the story opens, and again, you can read this at the athletic right now. Mm -hmm. If it weren't for their defense stepping up, the Kansas City Chiefs would have lost to the Detroit Lions on Sunday. If it weren't for the Chiefs' defense struggling, they would have beaten the Lions much more convincingly. This is great because this starts like like a tale of two cities. Like, this is excellent. Um, Explain to me what you're getting at there, Seth. Well, you don't have to openly point out that I'm stealing – like every good idea I have for opening <laughs> articles. And I, that's basically I mean, all just... I do. It was the best of defenses. It was the it worst, was the worst of, defense. of defenses. Next, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open one up, you know, call me Seth. And just like, <laughs> sorry, a good Moby Dick reference there. Anyone? No. Yeah, I got it. All I right. got it. But here, here's the interesting thing. You, you missed the third paragraph, and I wrote, incredibly, one could swap out the word defense for offense in the above two sentences, and they would be just as accurate. I would postulate that this is one of the more balanced wins the Chiefs have had in a while, which is weird because it was ugly and it was whatever. But here, here's the point, because I already have <laughs> one of my favorite things 
is I will write an article, right? And it'll usually be a couple thousand words. I'll have some clips and I'll have, you know, make my points. And then I will tweet about said article. And then someone will reply to the tweet of said article and basically just make an argument that is exactly what I address in said article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but like, dude, you got to read it though. Like, like you're wrong. You know, that's what's that whole gif, you know, okay, but you wrong though. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is like the 18th consecutive episode where you've referenced a gif in the podcast. You know what? We all need a, I want to have a thing. Okay. Nate gets his impressions and, and, yeah. and I'm just, I need a thing anyway. And so, I get dunked on by Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You're right. You do. We all have a we all have a bit. We all have a bit. So the the thing that that when you look back, we tend to forget everything but the last few minutes in close games. And mm-hmm. obviously the Chiefs defense, you know, they let the Lions run, go down the field, score a touchdown with two minutes left. Everyone, you know, remembers some of the plays, them getting run along all day. It's just, you know, some rough stuff. But here's the interesting thing. When you really look at the game flow. And football games are a very butterfly effect thing. Remember last week we talked about if Sammy Watkins doesn't drop a third down conversion pass in the fourth quarter, that game's not nearly as close because it has an exponential effect on the rest of the game. That happened multiple times against Detroit in both the first and the second half. So in the first half, the Chiefs' offense was doing exactly jack and squat. You know, they're missing field goals. They're giving the ball back. They're not doing a thing. They're down 10-zip. And the, yeah. it was the defense that had to really kind of hold the line. And if they hadn't, that would have ended very, very, very badly. And so, you know, the Lions start off with a field goal. Then the Chiefs miss a field goal. And then the Lions score a touchdown. And it's like, oh, no. And so then the Chiefs manage to get a field goal. But their drive kind of stalls ugly again. You know, on the next Chiefs drive, they they had to punt again. But they mm-hmm. that, that, that punt by the Chiefs was surrounded by two forced, basically three and outs. By the Chiefs' defense, mm-hmm. and, and it's easy to forget those things because, like, well, and the, the responsible game. Well, every defense makes some plays. It's like that is not the point. The point mm-hmm. is that had they not right then held the line, you know, that's the story of the 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 Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. You know, had they not been that little Dutch boy, apparently, they <laughs> the analogy <laughs> fell apart very quickly for me there. No but, kidding, I was so confused. <laughs> Had they not held the line during that time, that game could have easily been 13-0, 17-0, 24-0. could have gotten pretty crazy there. And then they were able but so they were able to stop them there. And then additionally, the Chiefs fumbled the ball away. Hold on, let me make sure I'm right about this. Three consecutive possessions to start the yeah. second half. Yeah. You look at the game script, end of quarter two, fumble. 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 That's how their drives ended three times in a row. Is and that despite not good? that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, is that, that not is good? that bad? I don't think that's good. And, and so, do you not get points and, for that? No, you don't get points for that. And okay. but really, what ended up happening, the Lions couldn't capitalize. The Chiefs ultimately got almost as many points out of that series of events as the Lions did. It was just, it was, it was crazy. In fact. If you really look at it, the Chiefs scored as many points on drives that followed a Chiefs fumble as the Lions did. So the Chiefs fumble, then the Lions fumbled, you know, fumbled the ball. Then the Chiefs fumble again. Then the then the Chiefs actually score on the Lions' next drive. 
Then the Lions score field goal. Then the Chiefs fumble again. And finally, after the third fumble, the defense had had enough. They're like, oh my God, we'll just let them score. And maybe that's not what they were thinking. <laughs> no, but, 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 but they, the point but the they, point is made. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> they, they, they held the line in really incredibly tough circumstances. And people forget about that. Had the Chiefs defense not stepped up in both the first half and the second half, that game could have easily been a blowout with all those fumbles and offensive miscues. To double on your point, Seth, real quick. Uh, the, 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 the Chiefs went the entire third quarter until the last snap of the third quarter in their own territory. The entire quarter was played yeah. on their side of the field. Like, I'm not that joking. Disgusting. Mahomes got, now, I don't agree with the penalty call, but, the you know, the, the refs whistled or threw the flag on the Lions for roughing the passer, which moved no. the ball from the Kansas City 41 to the Detroit 44, and that ended the third quarter. They never <laughs> cleared midfield until a penalty on the line. So think about this. An they, they, they did not lose a game. Where the entire third quarter, like one of the more pivotal points in the game, was played on their end of the field. The entire 14 and like 55 and minutes. they kept giving the Lions the ball on their end of the field. Right. Yeah. Even it, worse. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not like they punted it away to like, you know, the, you know, well, well, we'll at least push them back to their own 10. It's like, no, hey, we're on our 30. You know what we ought to do? We ought to give them the ball and see what happens. And that's what <laughs> And I mean, so I understand there's things to be worked on with the defense, but they made some plays. Now down the stretch, you know, it was kind of like a, you know, not not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> but overall, if it weren't for the defense, they lose that game. Um, extremely importantly, following up on a statistic from a year ago, uh, both uh, two years ago in football terms and a year ago in podcast terms, you were asking if the 2017 Chiefs averaged, I believe, 27 points a game, right, Seth? Yeah. They averaged 26. 25.9. So there's that. I just, I've, I've been staring at that on my screen for the last 10 minutes, and I, I wanted to just mention that. Just to kind of remember where we came from. So they scored without their starting left tackle, best wide mm -hmm. receiver, and starting mm -hmm. running back. And on an yes. off day where they fumbled the ball three times and missed a field goal, yes, they scored more than they averaged in two. Weren't they top five in scoring that year? Mm -hmm. They were sixth. Sixth out of 32. This offense is so stupid good, even on its off day. And someone tweeted about this just on a side note. I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry I can't credit you. But they commented that, like, Dallas's offense came to a screeching halt. The Patriots' oh. offense came to a screeching halt. Yes. And then the Chiefs is like, oh, man, we only put up 27. Right. No, the, the NFL was crazy yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, it really was. Crazy. I mean, this whole week, you can go back to Philly and Green Bay. This week was wild, and uh, you can follow up with more football action tonight. Tune in ESPN for the 0-3 Bengals at the 0-3 Steelers. <laughs> a real barn burner. Uh, no, uh, no, thank you, fellas. <laughs> it's a barn burner because you're going to want to walk into a barn and then light it on fire with yourself inside <laughs> instead of watching that miserable game. Um, One of these teams has to win. Tune in. <laughs> Listen, we've already seen a tie this year, like with the team we just watched. How do the? By the way, hold. Like I just watched the Lions for sixty minutes, and they looked okay. Like, how did that team tie against the first game with Kyler Murray? Dog, what happened there? Dog, I'm convinced that the Lions are just straight up ready to play sixteen weird games. Like, I'm just so yeah. convinced because, like. <laughs> Hey, we have a 17-point lead on a rookie quarterback. You know what we should do? Tie the game. Hey, next week, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, an all like an all-time quarterback, gonna go in the Hall of Fame. You know what we should do? Turn him over like three times and somehow win that game. 
Hey, next week, we're going to go to Philly. We have no business beating Philly. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to beat Philly. And then, like, this week, we're going to fumble the ball all the place. We're going to not challenge. Okay, Matt Patricia. Hold on, oh, dog. Oh, Matt Patricia. Hold on, dog. Oh. See, 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 this This what, this what really gets me now. Because as a football fan, you telling me, dog, that, that look, I play Madden for a living. And you're telling me <laughs> you're going to challenge a spot of the ball in the first oh. quarter, but oh. then not have the audacity <laughs> to look at the referee and say, look, and I love Kendall Fuller. Look. Kendall Fuller's pass interference, okay? So even if we don't get the touchdown, I got to challenge that. But because, you know what? I lost the challenge in the first quarter on a play that was literally meaningless in all things considered. I can't challenge in the third quarter because I got to keep that last challenge for the fourth that quarter. Was, so, so bad. instead of doing that, I'm going to just let Matthew Stafford scramble around and drop the ball because Derek Nottie's a huge, large human being coming after him. So, like, <laughs> hey, I can that scheme it. been so scary. Look, I can scheme it up, fellas, but we're going to play some weird games this year because I'm going to make some terrible <laughs> challenge decisions. I got a pencil behind my ear on a laminated sheet. It makes no sense. <laughs> and here we are. Like, we just, fellas... It's a 60-minute game, and I'm going to do something weird in all 60 minutes. Like, come on, dude. Like, like it, it just infuriated me in the moment. And I was like, you know what? You deserve to have a touchdown go the other way. Shout out to Bashad Breeland, the only guy who knew what was going on in the moment. But, like, come on, coach. You deserve to have a touchdown go the other way because, like, you know you should be challenging that call because there's no way in God's green earth that Kendall Fuller was not pass interfering uh, Galloway, but yet you ain't got the heart to challenge that play, but you got the heart to challenge, hey, I think the ball actually should be placed six inches forward, just just between and, you and, and me. It, it and, it, and that was on second down. On second it? down in the first quarter! <laughs> Dog! <laughs> but wait, so hang weird. on. I really want to focus on the most important thing there. It literally had not occurred to me that that's a laminated sheet he's carrying around. Yes! Yes! <laughs> the pencil. The pencil! Look, I didn't, we, we didn't even look. This last week. We ain't even gotta do a, we ain't even gotta do an impersonation. Cause I, I don't no. even need a voice. I just need a pencil. No. I just need a pencil on a laminated sheet. I don't know if I can make the sound effect, but but that's a, <laughs> yeah. like you're not no, writing anything on it. No. Like dog. No. Come on. You a good no. coach and all, but like step your game up. Yeah, get a marker. Like this isn't complicated. It's really just not. Get a dry erase marker. <laughs> just get a dry erase marker. You can get the one that you has a little eraser it. on the end. Like it's <laughs> Unreal. It's always <laughs> look. I know. I know. Detroit Lions fans have been tormented, and you appear to have a coach that looks to be known. That looks to know what he's doing ninety well, percent of the time. In fairness, Nate, he looks. He looks <laughs> homeless. <laughs> But that's, and that's so and different. so. Hey, when when I hey look, uh, there's one thing like like John Harbaugh saying like, hey, we got to get eights to their sevens. Okay, on a math standpoint, I understand that dog. They they average like thirty points a game. Matt Patricia being like, not only do we have to get points, we have to win these challenges in the first quarter of the of like a, a, an all time classic regular season game. And they convert it afterwards, right? right? Like. Have you, you seen the Chiefs run defense? You gonna get that yeah. yard? Why, what you worrying right. about? It was a bad idea and executed poorly. Like, yes, that's that's hard to do. Yes, that is not so easy strange. to do. <laughs> oh my goodness! And just again, in case anyone missed it, it's a laminated play sheet and a pencil. And do a the pencil. Math. It doesn't. It's nothing. It's it's literally nothing. I don't. 
I don't I don't get it. I, I'm glad I'm glad that you mentioned Nate uh, the fact that every play included pass interference because I've got a couple of theories here. Either every defensive back on this team, except for maybe Bashad Breeland, maybe Tyron Matthew, and maybe Juan Thornhill, needs a chiropractor because their neck must be really stiff because that head never turns around. Or maybe it's an equipment problem. Maybe their helmets are fused or their shoulder pads. I don't know, but it's awful. The Chiefs lead the league. They have to lead the league in, man, but he was in perfect position. Oh, yeah. He's given up. Big plays, yes. too. It's just ridiculous. So you remember at near the end of the game where Sammy Watkins and Coleman were on the left side of the end zone. Mahomes threw it up to Watkins and Coleman knocked yeah. it away. Yeah. I almost lost my mind because I'm like, see, how hard is that? How hard is that? <laughs> Turn your head around, see the ball coming and put your arm in the way. Like, By the way, that play was terrifying. That was way closer to a pick than I wanted it to be, especially on the replay. My God. Yeah, Watkins did not did not acquit himself well there. That that's when no. you got to win. But they seriously, I mean, it's happening like six or seven times a game where these. De- I mean, against Baltimore it was a couple of just ducks. Where it's like you got to knock that down. But yeah, they they, it's not been great. Ward and Fuller, they they both seem to be talented and sticking with their guys. Fuller's much superior in zone because Ward still does things that I'm like, where are you going? But <laughs> they just won't. It's like their arm, and the really frustrating thing is, you know, they always show slow motion replays. Yes. And their arm is always moving into position like a half second, not even a half second, like a tenth of a second too late. And every time you want to be like, well, you know, that actually that was pretty good coverage. But eventually you're like, this feels like a pattern. Yeah. yeah, it oh, yeah. 100% does. Like and you like you mentioned said that it feels like they're always in the right spot. Like I I imagine in the grand scheme of things that's probably the hardest part of being an NFL cornerback, but it's not the whole job. Like I get I get no solace in the fact that they're in the right spot if they never make the play on the ball. Like Anthony Hitchens had that one play where he was just trying to like get his fingers in the dude's face mask and poke him in the eye so he couldn't see the football. Like <laughs> that was easier than trying to to rotate. Is this hopeless, Nate? Am I ever gonna see a Chiefs defensive back get their head around? Uh, well, outside of outside of Bashad Breeland, um, you you might be waiting a while there, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I will be. The the one benefit that the Chiefs have on, and this is before the trade deadline, which, as everybody knows, should have their calendar set to October 29th. Morris Claiborne is coming back from a four game suspension. Um, for violating the league substance abuse policy, which if you know what that means, um, yeah, it, it happens all the time. That being said, Claiborne's coming back. Um, he's not in football shape. Obviously, he's been four weeks just working out uh, on his own. He was he had to be sort of away from the team. He will come back into the fold today. He will watch film with his teammates, and he will get the game plan on Wednesday with the rest of the squad, and he'll start to acclimate himself back into um, sort of his position or sort of what his role will going to be. I don't know if he'll – I don't think he'll start. Sunday night against the Colts, but um, I think we're going to see him over the next two to three weeks. How much does Morris Claiborne help? Uh, you know, I, I think Kendall Fuller is okay on the on the slot position, although I, I, I can't really think of a play where Kendall Fuller did something really, really well. He's just been fine, I guess, um, which is disappointing because I thought Kendall Fuller was like one of the better defenders uh, last year in Bob Sutton's defense. Um, but could, could Claiborne eventually... Um, replace Charvarius Ward in the starting lineup, I think that is a question to be asked and something that I will monitor over the course of probably the next month or so. Um, but it, it just looks like Bashad Breeland is the guy that 
has the physical traits to to play both man and zone, like Seth mentioned. Mm-hmm. He has the awareness that we really saw on display yesterday to either be either see the ball and the man that he's guarding and and make a play or or, or try to get there on time. Um, he hasn't really had that many penalties, and clearly we saw yesterday that. Um, he picked up the football and kept running with it because guess what? You can do that when like the wind, the whistle isn't blown, like <laughs> right. no, one, no one blew a whistle. And you know, I, I don't want to name any names, but Kenny Galladay, uh, what you doing, man? <laughs> like what you doing? He got the football. He running. What you doing? Chase him. Chase him, dog. He down the field. You the only. (laughs) Look, the play wasn't going to you, and you knew the play wasn't a passing play. I get it, man. But, like, the dude's got the football. Like, like, that's one of those things where you come to the sideline, you don't even want to look coach in the eye because you're like, yeah, I know, coach. I know. I know. Yeah, That's I know. me. That's me, Coach. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, Coach. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Coach, just make a note on your play sheet with your pens. Oh, you oh, can't? can't. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, shout out to hero Xavier Williams for scooping that ball yes. into Bashad Breeland. He His shirt stopped one of the Lions guys' hands from grabbing the ball. It is the craziest thing. If you look, the the lion player is trying to grab it to scoop the ball, and he accidentally tangles it in the bottom of William's shirt, <laughs> which it so gives Williams strange. time to grab it, and he kind of bats it away towards Breland. Xavier Williams is a hero. Such a weird game. Um, okay, we, we don't have a ton of time left, but I, I, I do feel like we have to discuss the run defense because lots yeah. of people are, are feeling it. Uh, so the Lions bad. stuck with the run game, 35 carries for 186 yards, 26 and 125 of that was for carry on Johnson. Uh, Seth, it's, it's clearly working for opposing offenses. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to, I'm taking the, the a Chiefs look at the Lions. Four. I'm going to take a look at the, the Lions touchdown drives. Oh, look on this touchdown drive after... You know, a run lost a yard. They had to convert a third and goal from the nine, which they did by passing the ball for a touchdown. Mm, And that's interesting. Well, surely the next drive, it must have been all the rushing game. Oh, look, after, after after a run lost three yards, they had to pass the ball twice to get a first down early on in that drive. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, look, I mean, look, they, they also had to, they, they scored with a pass play. That's interesting. Okay, it must be sure? on the next touchdown drive. Must be, yeah, it's, the next one for sure. It's got to be here. There's got to be a touchdown drive where all they did was run the ball. Oh, here, I'm going to go back to the to the first quarter here. Let's see. Oh, look, after a failed after a failed 1-yard run, they had to convert a third and 9 with a 33-yard pass. No, that is, <laughs> oh, and look, that's also surprising. Oh, and look, uh, their, their their touchdown was also a pass on third down after a run didn't pick up the... Wow, what do you know? So, okay, look, I'm being a snot and I get it. But here's the reality of the situation. The Chiefs' run defense is terrible. I'm not trying yeah. to like... Which is just disappointing because it looked like it might be more promising. But, you yeah. know, they got big bodies up front and it, it it's super disappointing. And... That's not great. And am I saying it won't come back to haunt them? Of course not. But the reality of the situation is, you know what wouldn't matter if they weren't allowing some big plays in the against the pass? The run defense. It wouldn't matter. It really yeah. would not. Had they not allowed Stafford to make some 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 touchdown throws, had they not allowed some big plays down the field, you know, maybe by turning their head like you suggested, Josh. Well, let's be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can't ask him to do that. So the run, the run, <laughs> you might as well, yeah. you might as well ask Traverius Ward to grow six more arms. 
<laughs> Which means he'd be a good defensive back. Well, no, he's dead because, I mean, if you don't look, the six extra arms don't help you. So it's it's really, it is important and it matters. But the reality is, you know, in this situation, it's like, well, that's how they held on to the ball. No, they held on to the ball because the Chiefs kept giving it to them. They right. kept punching the football and the Chiefs were like, oh, dang, I didn't see that coming the third time. But the pass defense, if the pass defense is fine, the run defense, I'm telling you, it's not going to matter. They just can't let them convert these third and nines, these these third and tens, these third and elevens, because those will inevitably come if a team leans exclusively on the running game. You are going to have multiple times where they got to convert third downs, because while the running game is consistent, you are going to get stuffed sometimes. Yes. So yes, I get people are concerned, but if they lock down that pass defense, I I promise you, it's not going to matter. And 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 one thing I will say too is that. In terms of their interior, I think that's the issue. Uh, I think yeah. in terms of Alex Okafor, Frank Clark, Emmanuel Ogba, Tano Passano, you don't really see them losing contain on the perimeter. It, it's a lot of right. either Chris Jones, um, you know, doesn't get off the ball quick enough, which is not, you know, it's, that rarely happens. But I think guys like Derek Nadi and Xavier Williams, they can either be late on the snap or they're double teamed in a way that creates holes and the linebacker has to fill them, but the, the offense has already won the advantage at the point of the attack, and that's made that's made things uh, problematic for the defense. I, I will say in the second half, it, it appeared that Steve Spagnuolo had some good run blitzes where a linebacker is blitzing to cover up a gap so that the running back has to change his direction, which gives the defense a, a half second to sort of rally to the football. But... With that being said, Seth is right. Once you get that stop, or once you once you get a run blitz that works, you have to you have to make a stop on third down. And the only time where we really saw that in the second half was when Steve Spagnuolo blitzed again using Tyron Matthew to to, to mm. shoot through the gap to sack Matthew Stafford. That's the really the only time that it worked where you got a good run defense to make a stop in the middle of the field, and then you blitz to get off the field on third down. When he played coverage or played back and sort of forced Matthew Stafford to throw into tight windows or in one-on-one matchups, the Lions won those majority. Do we have anything else we need to to lay out there defensively before so someone doesn't tweet us and ask why we didn't talk about Thing 37? Because I want to give a second to the special teams. Have we have we reached a point of speak now or forever hold your peace? Let's move, let, let, let's move on to Dave Tobe because... Yeah, so this is something that, that people were, were calling in on the postgame show on A10, and people have been mad online. And listen, like, it's reached a point where it's confusing to me that, that what I believe to be the, the special teams coach with maybe the most, like, roster control in the league has been running out a special teams unit with a lot of problems. And I'm not even, like, it's not even Butker missing his first field goal, but it's it's Every return, there's a penalty, or they shouldn't be returning it, mm-hmm. or there's a fumble. I mean, they haven't been giving up huge returns, I guess. But, Nate, help me understand what's happening here. Yeah, so so Dave Tobe likes to have his returners take the ball out of the end zone, if given a chance. Mm-hmm. So if it's anywhere in the middle of the end zone or, or in the early part, as you can run out, um, he tells his returners to do it because he just believes our special teams unit is better than theirs and let's take them. The more opportunities we take, the more we can maybe break one for a long game or maybe a touchdown. So, so I understand that Uh, it didn't work yesterday. I can think of only one guy that played well on special teams. And it ain't even Dustin Colquitt because Dustin Colquitt had some punts in a dome that was like, yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't what the team needed in that moment. 
the yeah. one man who played well on special teams was Ben Neiman. And you want to know why Ben Neiman was the one guy who played well on special teams? Because so he, he, re- he recovered a fumble. <laughs> he was just Johnny on the spot who knew where the ball was. Look, um, it's one thing to say, as Dave, it's one thing for Dave Toe to say, like, hey, we got a lot of really good returners, whether that's Michael Hardman, De'Anthony Thomas, um, you know, uh, Byron Pringle, and this is even without Tyreek Hill. It's another thing to not know who's your kickoff returner or who's your punt returner because on each attempt, I kept looking and kept seeing a different player. So they need to figure out who's who's the best who's the, who's the person who gives us the best chance. I think Dave needs to slim down his his returners and just say you're the guy in kickoff, you're the guy in punt return. And look, not like Tremont Smith was special, but he never fumbled a kickoff or punt. I just want to state these facts. He was an all-pro kickoff returner, not only because he had speed and he had vision, but he never turned the freaking ball over. And so for McCole Hardman, he's just going to have to learn as the season goes along. If they choose him to be the kickoff returner, you got to keep the ball high and tight. And when there aren't, you know, you can fight for extra yards, young fellow. We appreciate the effort, but it's it's more viable just to keep the ball so that you can give it to Patrick Mahomes and, and keep the offense rolling. Um but yeah, I mean Harrison Bucker missed a kick. As I mentioned before, doesn't Colquitt wasn't great. The returners are just like, eh. I mean, there's a I, I like that you mentioned, Josh. There's just a lot of penalties on special teams, and that is just so many. That's just not what you anticipate from a unit that I think really won some games last year for the Chiefs, yep. or at least helped win games um behind a, a MVP quarterback in Mahomes. So they, they gotta tighten it up, uh, and they better do it pretty quickly because you never know when that when that one sort of Play is going to, like Seth mentioned, is going to have a butterfly effect that you can't necessarily uh, recover from or, or be as resilient as you were yesterday in Detroit. Seth, last word on it? Um, I would tell people to maybe chill for a bit. Um, you know, they've had the best special teams in the NFL for like five years in a row. Um, now, the penalties, super concerning. That's a coaching thing, right? Um, Butker missing a field goal, Hardman fumbling. I mean, it's not like they're not coaching him to keep it high and tight. And it's not like they're not coaching Butker to make field goals. It's not like they're not coaching Colquitt to punt the ball a little farther. Those aren't coaching issues, in my opinion. The big things are the things that, that Nate referenced. Taking the ball out of the end zone when he shouldn't. Not picking a main guy. And the penalties. Those are hugely concerning. That said, anyone remember the last time the Chiefs gave up a back-breaking return? Because I don't. I don't. No, and I don't so, either. And so even even yesterday with some concerning stuff, they're still covering very well. They're not allowing other teams to use special teams as a weapon. But it hasn't been a weapon of their own because of the penalties and some of the, the silly things. It has hurt them. So it hasn't been as good as years past or even close. But I would just say I think I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt just for a few more weeks at least. We are beyond out of time here, so that's going to wrap it up. You can make sure you're following all of us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor for Nate, at Real MN Chiefs Fan for Seth. I'm at JB Brescott. You can tweet about the show with the hashtag TimesRs and make sure you are subscribed to The Athletic where you can get Friday's bonus episodes. And if you're listening just now on a Monday, uh, leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, Check out To Be Honest with D'Angelo Williams, the podcast here on The Athletic, where every Wednesday, former 11-year running back D'Angelo Williams and athletic senior writer and fantasy expert Jake Seeley fearlessly dispense both the players and the fans' perspective of everything on and off the field. That's To Be Honest with D'Angelo Williams right here on The Athletic. Nate, take us home. You know, fellas, Mozart was a painter. And you know what? (laughs) Some of those paintings weren't as good as he would have wanted, you know, because he was mostly a musician. But that being said, Mozart, he got he got on the brush a couple times. He put the brush to the canvas, fellas. And you know what? 
We just got a million dollar Mozart victory. Hey, not all of Mozart's paintings were perfect. Huh? That was beautiful, man. Hey, the end result, though, that sucker's gonna sell for a million dollars. Hey.